Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. For every hour and month and year that we are here to love, regardless of how much we talk, we tell, we touch, no matter what we suffer through. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'm your host, as always, Alan Seals, and our Up Here podcast takeover continues with this episode. Make sure you stream Up Here on Hulu, because, man, that show is so much fun. The song you just heard to open the episode is called Can I Ever Know You, which is part of the 21 completely original songs from the show, a show directed by Tommy Kale and choreographed by Sonia Taya, our two guests for this episode. Funnily enough, as we were recording the episode, Tommy was actually on his way to a final rehearsal of Sweeney Todd. He was in a car, which is probably the first time I've ever interviewed anyone while they were in a car. That was pretty cool. (laughs) But anyway, it's pretty cool to hear the story behind how Tommy and Sonia met, how they started working together, and why they started working together. They're two people who just create art for the sake of creating art. They do it because they have to. They belong to the same, same tribe of people. They're cut from the same cloth. And they just do it because it brings joy to them and joy to the world. I cannot wait to share this episode with you. It's so much fun. So remember to find me online, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all those places. And again, because this is the Up Here Takeover, instead of my normal transition music, here's a cut from another new song called Tiger Shark. Enjoy! Now I'm almost a nice guy, gotta be tough in this cruel hard world. And you're not gonna cry the next time you watch Notting Hill. It's time to wake up, boy, and put your armor on. That pathetic little pussy with the ring is gone. You're a tiger. Let me hear you roar. You're a shark. I am super excited to welcome back both of our guests for this episode, both of whom we've had before and both of whom have done some phenomenal things since. Tommy Kale originally interviewed back in episode 165 for the Freestyle Love Supreme 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 Takeover added yet another Tony Award to his resume for Freestyle Love Supreme in addition to his existing nomination and win for In the Heights and Hamilton. Sonia Taya originally interviewed in episode 73 for the Moulin Rouge Takeover. She has choreographed for some people like Madonna, Miley Cyrus, and Florence and the Machine. She's been nominated for two Emmy Awards for her work on So You Think You Can Dance and Since We Last Spoke has added a Tony Award win to her resume in addition to the upcoming production of Gatsby and the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window and she's now gearing up for the world premiere of Is It Thursday Yet at the La Jolla Playhouse, a play that she directed, co-choreographed, and co-conceived. They've both been a little busy because both of them just helped release Up Here, a new musical rom-com, eight-episode series now streaming on Hulu with Tommy directing and Sonia choreographing. TK and Sonia, welcome back to the theater podcast. Thank you. I thought I was extra special that I created TK, which I find really funny. I thought that I had something going on and I was like hitting it. And you thought you created the initials to my name? (laughs) (laughs) Missed you. I missed you so much. (laughs) I know. We should should do this every week. I think there's actually, 
This is a new this is a new podcast and it's the three of us, let's be honest. This is episode one. This is not episode seventy six, episode one sixty, it's episode one. <laughs> Literally calling in from a car right now. I'm in a car for five I'm in a car for five more minutes and then I'm going to okay. uh, I'm going to a theater. You guys have a very good uh, rapport. We were just, you know, g- giving each other shit before we even started recording. But is this the first time you've worked together professionally on up here? First and last. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Sonia, when did we meet? Um, we that? met. What was what, when I got back from Boston, La Rouge? So when was that? It, it's all a blur. Nineteen. Eighteen. <laughs> I don't know. Two thousand eight or something. Like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you've been doing that show for was a while. It 18? Yeah, eighteen or yeah. that feels right. Yeah, that feels yeah. right. Yeah. Well, 2019... I remember exactly it, where we met. I, yeah, wa- I just walked past where we met. Wait, where'd you guys meet? Tell me the story. I forget the restaurant, but it had beautiful flower, a big, beautiful flowers outside. I think I was in prep for, uh, for Fossie Verde, and, and yes. she had just gotten back, and we met down there. And, and I'd you know, seen stuff that she'd made, and we had a lot of friends in common. And just, it felt, you know, uh, when this stuff works, you meet somebody, and it turns out that you've already known them. It just, you hadn't been introduced. And that's how I felt. I was like, oh, Sonia was over there, and I was over here, and... And now we're, you know, now we're at the same table. And so she then went and got really busy making a huge musical um, and then making 63 subsequent productions of them. Um, and then uh, this this felt like a chance to to take the stuff that we had learned from the theater. And obviously she has deep knowledge of camera and storytelling for camera. So this just, this felt like a total no-brainer. And it was my first and only good idea probably i was like i was like we're gonna call sonia um for this one <laughs> well wait 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 okay so this was back in 2018 you said you met and you were already talking about up here back then no we were talking, we were talking about, about something else no yeah, other other ideas and just the desire to work together i've been a giant admirer of him for a long time and it was just super stoked to meet him um just an expansive artist drops into many different mediums which that's the career i'm i'm um, holding on to that way, just to an expansive, versatile, anywhere that's inspiring career. So we were just jamming off of that. I remember um, when we when we spoke originally, um, you had said that that you don't want to stick to one genre and you enjoy just following, you know, where the passion takes you, where the opportunities takes you. And I think that's that's absolutely so amazing and respectable. And like Tommy, even even you too, because when you're known i think probably best from from the, in the heights world and the hamilton world but you do so much beyond there and i actually want to dig into that a little bit too because i believe up here which originally started out as a, a, a stage musical written by Kristen anderson lopez and bobby lopez was it your idea to turn that into an eight episode tv series where did where did that come from i had been friends with with Kristen and bobby and the way that sonia and i sort of were trying to find the right thing and then in the ver- very early days of the pandemic, maybe like April or May of 2020, when, when it seemed that theater was going to be down for a while, I started thinking about some other stuff um, I, that I could maybe work on. You know, I have this television production company, and I called Kristen and Bobby, and I said, is there anything that you've made or want to make that could live in this form? And they both said, well, there's a few things, and one of the ideas was up here. And I just thought, oh, well, like that's it like we like the conversation stopped there and then started on this other thing and that was really the impetus so that was yeah like probably like about halfway through um 2020 so a few minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) exactly whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, asking asking for a friend, how does someone get their idea onto TV? Like, where did your your production company? You were like, all right, I, I'm going to do this. Did they did they come to you? Were you already working with Hulu? Where did the whole thing come in? No, so so I have a I have a deal with Disney, um, um, which uh, I've had for a couple years. I'm now walking outside, if you hear a, a change in sound. I'm walking outside <laughs> on the sidewalks of New York, and now I am back inside. See, this felt like a chance to do an original musical on television. And that was something that was deeply appealing to me. And I'd had this deal um, to develop television exclusively for Disney and and the the companies that are under that umbrella. So FX and Hulu, um, ABC um, and Disney Plus. There was a Hulu sensibility about it, although I have to say Hulu, even in these last couple of years, has completely evolved and redefined who they are. But I just think we kind of met them at a moment where they were willing to take a big risk. I feel like what I really responded to with what Christian and Bobby do is they make musical comedy that also has subversive humor. They're not afraid to make musical comedy for grownups. And I think that this show embodied that, and Hulu certainly felt like a place where that could live. Is is the the, I guess, the inclusion of musicals in mainstream TV and whatnot. Is that something that, that you've seen? I mean, I've been noticing it more recently, but is it just now coming in because of, of shows like Hamilton and, and things that, and other pro shots that were created and made accessible to the masses? The original musical sort of episodic, we don't see a lot of that. So is that, was that intentional in, in your decision to bring it to the screen in this form to kind of fill that gap? I mean, I like to try to make things that I, I believe are missing. And this certainly feels like something that I think there's a, an appetite for and an audience for and should exist and can exist 
And that was that was certainly part of the impetus and also in trying to gather as many people who have made really high quality theater. Sonia, to for for you as well. So you've got such an ex, uh, uh, experience of choreographing for TV and for movies and for ballet and for theater and like everything's so different from the outside for for me. So when you're approaching something, a, a new project like this, uh, what's the first thing that you use to start dissecting what you're going to do? Is it the story or is it the medium or is it something else? It's mostly the story for me because then this vivid uh, visual imagination comes to life. Like once I'm reading the words and I start to embody it more and then I, I start to see it, it's just something that happens to me and hope keeps happening to me or I'm in big trouble. But um, um, there's this strange, and I've said this so much, but there's just this strange like definition. Um, so many artists, they get locked into one genre and I just don't understand that. I think it's so inspiring to allow artists to be challenged and um, it only evokes so much more imagination especially when you're collaborating with other artists that want that type of challenge too so with this it's so big-hearted and it just had my imagination go growing wild in the visual landscape that it could be in its humor and its romance and its clumsiness and we all have those stalkers in our mind. We all have those mm -hmm. imposter syndrome aliens crawling and uh, just hyper fearful thoughts. And I, I loved physicalizing them because, you know, I'm, I'm one that has those too. It's a, it's a big, I call it the, it's a big old scary monster and it's a loop. And to bring that loop to life was really fun and inspiring. That's a really good way of putting it, the scary monster. So, <laughs> but it, does, it makes a, a much different title than up here. <laughs> if you're going to call the show the scary monsters <laughs> exactly. in my head. Um, how many dancers did Moulin Rouge, does Moulin Rouge have? 30? 25, 30? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So then in, in these it scenes. It grows in, as, this, as our, our amazing swings grow and just depends on the what is needed there. But yeah, it's right, massive. Right, right. So it's this massive thing. Obviously, you can't cut away on live theater. And then mm -hmm. even in, um, and like, so you think you can dance world, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're, it's multicam, but you're not editing, right? Mm -hmm. You're not cutting out segments. And I guess what I'm getting at is that in up here, the dance numbers are, are beautifully, simplistically complex mm -hmm. in that uh, it's a small number of people because you know, you're in an office building or you're like on a street somewhere and it's not this massive thing, but they're, they're very complicated and they're very, um, they use all the props, they use the scenery, mm. they use the location. And one of the fun things that, um, Bobby and Kristen were talking about when I spoke with them was one of the great, um, advantages to TV and film is that you can like snap your fingers and all of a sudden you're in a different location mm -hmm. completely and you're different costumes and different people and whatever the case is. Right. So did you did you have the opportunity to really lean into that when choreographing up here, or do you do you have to remind yourself you're able to do that, or does it like how does that mindset work when you're thinking of how to put it all together in terms of a shot shot list? Well, the the scary monsters that are yeah. in the head are the are are the most in, for me. What, what was the anchor of how to shoot it? Of that, like you say, that snap, or when that when that thought comes, how to show that shift emotionally and physically was really, really interesting to me. And I have an incredible 
incredible group of collaborators that uh, love to show the dance because that is a often a the thing that gets cut the most or cut yes. up the most. And I don't understand because uh, dance, the body in motion can create such a thick narrative, narrative as you see in our show. So that be- that was beautiful to, to, I would film, I was in a lot of pre-production and working through these um, songs and building a world for us. And I would just film it and it, it didn't want so many shifts. It wanted to, to, it wanted to hold this, this thought process because even though those monsters come or those thoughts come that are fearful, they're, they're, they are like a link. If you were to cut the paper doll and it's like connected, that's what those thoughts to me feel like. And that's what the movement felt, felt like, this forward path that just kept turning, but they all needed each other to get to the next action or next feeling. Does that make sense? That makes absolute sense. I love the metaphor from the, the paper dolls. <laughs> yeah. I've never thought about that, but yeah, that's that's beautiful. Uh, they're all, Tommy, to you, me, they're all rooted. They're all rooted in something. They're all threaded from somewhere. So they're all a big, um, a big family of thought. Tommy, now having this, uh, the this these beautifully choreographed numbers, these uh, amazingly written songs, and. Is does the trouble then become how to shoot it? Are you doing multicam when you're shooting, and then in translating that into editing, uh, working with Steven Levinson and and coming up with the final product for what we see on screen? I agree with you, Sonia, that that the one of the biggest issues I have with watching dance numbers in TV or movies is that it just the, the cuts take me out of it every time. I'm like I'm getting into watching the big number, and then it cuts to something else. So like Tommy, when you're filming and then putting it together. How, how are you keeping all of that in mind for this? Well, we shoot two cameras at all times. And then on, on the numbers, we would generally have three cameras. So the good news is if something amazing happens or if it feels like it's really in the pocket, we have a, a couple cameras aimed towards it. I would also say there's an inherent challenge of capturing dance. And, uh, and I think that's you know the reason to do it because I, I feel like there's an opportunity in this show to put dance in the foreground and have it be something that is absolutely continuous with the storytelling. And so to answer the question of, is it hard to do? It's not that hard to do when the storytelling is as clear as the lyric and the music provide and the way that Sonia choreographs. So it all feels of a piece. So really the job there is to try to preserve the integrity of it. And we worked really closely with our, you know, really with with the whole group, um, you know, obviously with our composers, and Lev was in there for for every moment of it. And Ashley, our DP, would come and be in that rehearsal and we'd shoot it and we'd look at it and Sonia would say, and what about this and what about this? And we all just sort of examined the thing. So by the time we got to the day, I think there was still room for inspiration to happen, but we had a, we had a really good map without something feeling prescribed and restrictive that let us know how we wanted to approach it. And then look, sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a number in the first episode called What If, like that's dancing on the street. You think it's gonna be one thing and all of a sudden then it's 1130 at night in the middle of the summer and it's quite different than doing a number in the studio. They both have challenges inherent in them. But I think we were just trying to provide opportunity to let the song lead us. And when the music is as strong as every song in this show is, you know, Sonia would be the first person to say, I don't think this needs to move. She'd say, now this one does and this one does, but let's also, um, you know, let's think about the cadence of the entirety of the series. And so we really made sure 
that we never did the same thing twice because the music has thematic resonance throughout that's consistent, but but is so specific and doesn't repeat itself. So we wanted to make sure that that we were visually following that lead. They had thematic connection from one song to the next and from one you know early moment to something that might happen later in the series. But we also didn't want to be repetitive visually. So we just let the song lead us and we followed that. That's, that's really cool that Ashley, your, your director of photography, the DP came into She's the rehearsal incredible, room. incredible, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, I was going to bring oh. that up too, because again, going back to the fact that like, I, I, I just want to watch all the dance numbers as wide shots, because that's what I'm used to in theater. And that's why we're there to see the full picture. Whereas one of the advantages to TV and film is that you can direct exactly where you want the audience to see. And you can do your misdirection and all this stuff, because you can just cut away from a mistake. You can't do that on theater. So having her having her there, and I guess I assume st- was Stephen part of the rehearsal room. We were at, all it was well? it's like the dream Steve, yeah. for yes. me as a, as someone who thrives in collaboration and loves it, loves it so much because more minds, more great ideas, and more my brain is challenged to think of things I would have never thought or look at things and see things differently is just one of my favorite reasons why I'm an artist. We were all in the room often together it was like show and tell i would i would create something and then text everybody and say or my associate would say okay can you all come at this time and they it was just so um beautiful as they're all busy doing other things as well for the show they would all come this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. And we would just how much rehearsal drive. did you give yourself? Did because you, theater you can rehearse for weeks, TV you rehearse maybe for days, right? We had a, we had a nice uh, pre- amount of pre production. It was a couple weeks, so I was able to just get the se- for me. I need the seeds to then. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not one to set it set everything, but the tone and the energy of it just to get, also as an offering to my collaborators. It's important for me that they are sinking into it. I'm not a um, one to hold down. This is what I need it to be at the start of something. So just looking at the tone and seeing, is this the breath that you're is looking for? Is this, is this what you meant in these, in these lyrics? Is this what it's supposed to say? This is what it feels like to me. Let me explain to you why. And then we just start jamming. How do you keep the simplicity? And I'm, what I mean by this is that if they, um, all these people and like I, I, I can relate in a way where I'm like, if I was there in a room with so many people who have won so many awards and done so many great things and my 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 monsters are going crazy saying like, why are you in this room? You don't need to deserve to be here. If that's happening to me, and this is kind of a question for both of you in that if, if other people are like, I think we should do it this way. 
And there's part of you that strongly, you're like, no, let's just keep it how it is. It deserves, is what you said a, a, a second ago, Sonia, that kind of made me think of this was it's beautiful in its simplicity and sometimes it needs to let it organically happen. But if someone comes in and they're like, well, why don't we do like a triple sour cow, double round off back handspring here? And you're like, no, I think it just needs to be a, a step ball change. Like how, how, how does that conversation happen? Do you try it both ways? Do you, do you do AB testing in the edit room? Oh, I, I always try to try the, all the options if we have time and we can. It's important for me to, to hear what my collaborators are feeling and provide uh, a physical description of, of that and explain why it feels wrong to me or why it feels, <laughs> why it feels um, confusing or what's the, I, I'm, not, I'm not pulling at it because sometimes when I do, and I don't under I don't fully understand, but it, it's a challenge, and I love that. Then I I I become enlightened, and I I find a deeper answer. But it's really a a a a volley. Is that what it's called? Back yeah, and forth. Yeah. It's just this dance that you gracefully, even intensely, it, at all at the same time, explain and and try to find a middle ground. But Tommy's also great with. I remember it was how do you feel. When we would, when he would show, when I would show them something, great. How do you feel? And then I would see them, or or if we were just together, him think about it, dissect it, and ask questions as opposed to, I think it should be. Why don't you try hmm. this? It was questions, which I I connect to um, as a collaborator. Well, art artistry should be an expression of of emotion. Mm -hmm. And Tommy, did you ever listen to? Our, our episode we recorded for Freestyle of Supreme with, with James Igelhart. Well, you should, because JMI says a couple nice things about you, which is, it's nice to hear. But I went back, I was listening to both of the episodes that I did with both of you earlier to prep for this one again. And Tommy, something um, that I, I've said, I said in the intro to the listeners after, I always record my intros after I do the interviews so I can reflect on it. Something I said about you was that you and the entire FLS team, that entire family, it is a family, are some of the most supportive, nicest, collaborative uh, a group of people who, I mean, James kept saying this, it's, it's family, you're coming back to family, you don't do it for the money, you would do it for free, you always have done it for free, and then getting paid is just a side hustle now. And I feel like now, Sonia, you've fallen into this family of... I got your back, which is what everybody says before they go out on stage on FLS, right? They literally mm -hmm. get in a hustle and they're like, I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. And so the way you're talking about collaboration and working together and understanding what you do and do not like about everything, that seems like a natural fit. And like, Tommy, did, was that a conscious choice? I know you said you wanted to work with Sonia, but w that in mind, it, it, do you just unconsciously surround yourself by this type of person or I mean how did that even come about because all of your family all of your collaborators all seem like genuinely nice people who as you were saying just want to do theater do art make art for the love of making art it is not unconscious in any way it's completely intentional and it's something that I started doing probably you know 15 years ago because I think in your 20s well, let me say this. In my 20s, I was just saying yes to everything. I didn't start doing any of this stuff until I was 21 years old. So I felt like I was late to it. So I just I just wanted to learn. I wanted to 
have more experience. So I said, yes, I said, yes, I said, yes. And then in my thirties, I started to figure out how to say no. And I also had some opportunities to say no, because in your twenties, especially as a director, nobody's hiring you, you're hiring yourself. I mean, it's just like, it's really difficult to get work in your, it's really difficult to get work ever. Right. But especially in your twenties. So when I was able to have uh, an impact on who was coming into the room, I realized in in that period of my life, this is sort of, you know, in the heights on, so 2007, 2008, in those productions, obviously I started working on them, you know, when I was 25, so in 2002. So by the time I got to 3031, when the show was opening on Broadway, I realized that life is either too long or it's too short, and it's mm. not worth it. It's just not worth it to mm. work with somebody that doesn't make you feel better about yourself. And I also am a deep believer in the notion that you can make excellent things with harmony. And I have spent most of the last 15 years of my life trying and, 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 and working to make things and, with, and make those things with people that allow us to debunk the mythology that acrimony and tension is how you make great art. It might be, it might be something that is true and, I, and it absolutely has happened, but I, I feel compelled every time I get an at-bat to make sure that that's not the story that anybody's going to tell when they are in the experience or after the experience. And so that is something that's uh, intensely important to me and, and maybe is the most important thing as I'm looking for collaborators. There's a lot of people that are talented out there. There's a lot of people that are talented and they might be wonderful collaborators for other people, but if, if the fit isn't right and the frequency is not the same and the vibe isn't there, then I want them to go and find work with, with other folks that can appreciate them and, and have them feel as complete an access as possible. And I might not be the right person for them, but I just have, I have no interest in being around people that are unkind. Hmm. Amen. Praise. Beautifully said. Sonia, did you, did you feel that Love. Have you have you been around FLS? Have you been around the crew when they're all together? No. Oh my God. I wonder how you're you're feeling as well, like coming into this world that that you know you're you're bringing your own talent and you're well deserved. Like it's not like someone is doing you a favor. Your talent speaks for itself. So whatever freaking monsters you're dealing with, like just tell them to, <laughs> to f off. Because no, they're cool. We're good. We're good. We need each. We need each other. <laughs> okay, <fair. laughs> I need a box sometimes, so I just box with them. So yeah, yeah, good. yeah. So like sitting sitting in this rehearsal room, talking about all these collaborators, and and you're coming together and making this beautiful product. And we were we were actually saying before we started recording, you haven't even seen the finished episodes yet. We're recording this before it comes out. This will come out after the episodes are dropped. But the episodes are beautiful. Everything put together is seamless and beautiful. And so your contribution in that is not unnoticed. And well, okay, I'll take that back. It is unnoticed because it fits perfectly, mm. but it's not unnoticed when you know who did it. Thank if that you. makes sense. Thank you very much. So are you going through any of that sort of, uh, I guess, the realization of kind of the crowd you're running with now these days? And, um, mm you know, winning the Tony uh, since we've talked last has kind of amplified you and, and moved you to a new space again, where you're just like, okay, here I am. And I can make better art, be the best art on a higher level, a different level, a different place. Yeah. We're, well, wherever space I'm being moved at is not by me. <laughs> 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 um, I'm still in the same mindset, the same desire for a grounded, um, it's hard enough to make it. It's hard enough to make the art, so why add more attention when we can find a grounded, calm, um, not saying, I mean, I'm intense. I'm not saying there's not intensity and, and 
a, a workload, but that can have laughter and confusion and um, solution all together. And I think, especially for the, for the artists, the dancers, the actors, to 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 keep keep them in that open channel is important. So generating kindness and kindness with determination and kindness with work ethic is something that I've always strived as a leader in the room and a collaborator in the room. When I direct, it's the same feeling of wanting who, who is behind the table that these amazing artists are looking at. Do they know we are, our hearts are bursting, our eyes are open and our minds are open to conversation. All of that is just a channel to make art better and more creative. When you have all of that tension or all of that un, that passive energy I just, I, I, I never think it, it, it's impossible to, to produce an honest, for me, an honest work. I can see the strife and I've been in those experiences before, right? I, I'm watching my trauma inside of, of, hmm. the, of the, the outcome and I always reflect on what I could have done better. So I think jumping off what, what Tommy has been, was saying is I'm going to be, about to be 46 and in my 40s, what really, really turned. Like I've always tried to be a part of that palette and it wasn't always the case. You get into rooms that weren't meant of these with these collaborations and that just happens. Um, but even so, I have to find grace in, the, in those outcomes too and understand my part in it and just continuously try to do better. But because we were laughing, laughter, all of that serotonin endorphins, all of that just really allows for a more, the 12 hour day feels a lot different when there's not passive tense, tension, when there's not that passive tension. Absolutely beautiful. And yeah, I agree. Like it's not, it's, it's time flies when you're having fun. So if you're enjoying yourself, then a 12 hour day is, is no big deal because you get to the end of the day and you're like, that's it. I want, I want more. I want, I want more of this natural drug that's being released in my brain right now. <laughs> Can I say something to that but, for a moment? Can I speak sure. to the Sonia, the Sonia-ness of it? Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things on a, on a set that is quite clear is that it's really easy for the temperature to shift and things to get hot. And it can happen in any number of ways. And I think that we did a really consistent and good job uh, on this show of keeping the temperature low even if the stakes felt a little high or even if the you know the work was challenging and and one of the things that was so joyful about making this is that if we were ever doing a number something that sonia and and her team uh, had had touched and were working on it was so uh it was so apparent as soon as they stepped on the set because i'd obviously been working in the rehearsal room with the with the company and so to see them step on set, uh, you saw everybody's shoulders drop. Everybody that was in front of the camera said, oh, okay, they, they have us. And so they felt held in that way. And also, you know, they were reminded of the spirit in which the thing was made, which was out of love. And Sonia approaches work with intensity, but also with, um, with an openness and uh, with, you know, palms up and like soft hands. You know, like there's there's no moving there's no moving people around without thought there's no uh there's no moment that doesn't have the care of the the dancer or the mover you know absolutely um uh, you know it's at, at the at the front of the conversation and so 
it was such a wonderful experience, whether I was directing the episode or I was there in a capacity as a producer, to be able to turn to Sonia for at the monitor or to see what would happen to the company and watch them just relax into it. And and that relaxation, I think, is where we make our best work. And so, you know, that was something that was directly related to Sonia's physical presence, uh, you know, and whether she was, you know, whether she was there or not, anything that she touched had, you know, had that spirit to it. But it was particularly evident in those moments when we were all on set together. And I just, I think it's worth remarking upon because I, I feel like her work in this is really high quality. Um, we tried really, you know, keenly in the in the edit to to keep the spirit of it as well as the totality of it whenever we could. And I'm really, I mean, for as many numbers as we have in this um, that uh, that that use movement to to further the storytelling, I think we really we did more than just preserve it. We really tried to capture what she had made, um, and um, it, it was it was really fun to get to watch the, the show through the edit process. And then once we kind of came out the other side of it and I'm, I'm, and it makes me really happy that the show is coming out all at once. I, I wasn't sure how I felt about that initially. I thought, Oh, we want it to go week to week. If you put something out all at once, does it just get, you know, sort of swallowed up. And then all of a sudden by mm-hmm. next Tuesday, no one's talking about it. And I thought, you know, because what we're making here is so um, interwoven in terms of the fabric of the story and the character as well as the mm-hmm. music and the movement, it actually feels really right to be able to have all of them uh, as soon as they drop. So I, I, I've really come around on that. Yeah, I was I was going to comment on that too, is that it, you don't want to go see the first half of a show and not be able to watch the second half. Yeah. You don't want to be able to finish it because then I think in that case you lose interest. But, you know, when it comes to a musical or, or something like this, so I love that it's all coming out, all eight episodes already out as you're listening to this episode. And something too that uh, Stephen Levinson mentioned, or that I realized when I was talking with him about this, is that the first time he and I talked, I was talking to him about Tick Tick Boom, and he had already been working on this at that time and wasn't allowed to talk about it yet. So I just want to, I want to know um, what you two are working on now that you're not allowed to talk about yet. <laughs> well. By the time this comes out, we'll have a much better sense of whether it's a season two of up here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I wish I could overload you with things, but um, it, God willing, it'll be an exciting few years. Let's wrap up again. If you remember, I asked three closing questions to everybody, and I'll ask you the same three questions just because I love how everybody's answers change. So, um, Tommy, we'll start with you. What motivates you? I think the desire to learn things that I don't know and to be with the community. I just feel that there's something about being in a room with a group of people trying to work towards something or solve something is incredibly rewarding. So I try to do that as often as I can. Lovely. All right, Sonia, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Hold on to your gut instinct, even if someone is telling you that it's wrong. Hmm. All right, Tommy, if you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Currently running? Or is this a show from anywhere, anytime? Anywhere in your headspace. Oh my gosh. If I had to pick one, and this is a terrible game, if I had to pick one, Fiddler? <laughs> Zodi, what would you watch? Oh, I can't answer that. I don't think I can answer that. It's impossible. It's an impossible thing. I can't decide on a show that's so stressful. I do miss the big, the big dance musical, 
the moving outs of the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping to bring that energy back one day because again, I, I feel that the, the dance just holds so much. We underestimate the value of it sometimes. Oh, totally. Thank you both for this conversation. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to uh, to share it with everybody. Everybody go check out Hulu.com and stream up here. All eight episodes available now. Tommy and Sonia, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I look forward to our second podcast now that this is the new unit. So um, <laughs> we'll make more archives. But thanks for having me. And I'm sorry about the audio stuff, but I'm very happy to have seen Sonia. And Sonia, I can't wait Same. to see you in person next week. I know, I know, I know. I'll see you soon. And now to finish off the episode, again, is the finale of Can I Ever Know You. Make sure to go listen to the soundtrack everywhere you stream your music. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.